Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. Excited about all that God is doing here at the house. And so good things are, are, are happening. Uh, I don't know, do you, are, are you, are, is anybody done with traveling for a while? Is everybody excited about being done with traveling? Uh, man, we had a week this last week and we traveled and I felt like the last two weeks really, but oh man. Uh, last week we started a series called Love Is and we talked about how love is God's gift and, and we spent some time talking about that. And then we all, and, and, and I think we unpack this idea that God loves us, that God has a plan for us. I would encourage you, if you want to, maybe you're out that Sunday, go back, get our app on, uh, on your phone. It's on Google Play or it's on uh, iTunes. And you can uh, type in the house underscore NWA. And you can look and look at all of our sermons and kind of get a feel of who we are and what's going on here. But um, super excited about this series. I, I think that as a culture, we love love. You know what I'm saying? Is it good to feel loved? Yeah. So, like three of you. No, I really, I love rejection. And I love, I, I really love it when I text someone and they don't respond. I love that. You know, come on. Let's be honest. We love love. We love feeling love. We like it when you walk in the room and people are like, hey, rather than dang. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we love love. And I think that uh, it is an unavoidable truth that if you love, there will be pain and heartache in your life. You, gotta, you, you just got to come to that. You got to come to the fact that if you're going to open yourself up to love people um, in life, people will hurt you. Some people do it unintentionally. Other people do it intentionally. But the truth is, there's pain in life. And there's many times in life that God needs to touch our life, heal our life, and do something in our life so that we can get back to who we were called to be. Sure, we would all love to avoid suffering, (laughs) you know, I mean, if we could dial up some sort of, you know, spiritual remedy where no one ever suffered, you understand we would have a full church every day. You know, I mean, the truth is um, physical illness, pain, um, heartache, hurt, all of us experience these type of, of, of moments, and it would be great if there was never had to be conflict. Come on, anybody, some of you, uh, you actually love it. You thrive on it. You're like, oh, yeah, who can we fight? But, but, but you know, the normal, uh, normal people are like, I, I would rather avoid conflict if we don't have to have it. I would rather just an epiphany come to you than us not have to argue about anything. Come on, anybody have an ache or a pain or a, you know, don't, don't, I mean, it's just the truth is uh, over the last couple of weeks, I, I've had a few. Um, we would love the fact that conversations, decisions, and actions would always be from the purest motives. You know, where everyone always had our best in mind. But the truth is we live in a fallen world. 
We live in a fallen world. And there will be seasons in your life that you will need healing. There will be seasons in your life when you will need healing. And let me just say this. Uh, as I begin to talk about this today, you may be winning right now in life. Come on. You may be high fives, chest bumps. You know what I'm saying? You're like, you're like feeling it. You're loving it. It's a good, it's, it couldn't be any better. My encouragement to you is take notes. Take some notes because life tends to cycle. You know what I mean? And as soon as you're like, life is awesome, I love it. It's like a roller coaster. Anybody feel like life's a roller coaster sometimes? And all of a sudden, you know, we're excited, life's going good. And then there's this dip, there's this curve, there's this issue that they, with our family, with our friends, with life. And, and here's what I want to say as we begin this. I believe healing flows out of relationship with Jesus. And Jesus, who is all God and all man, was sent to be a representation of God in the flesh. For God so loved the world that he, come on, help me, gave, gave, gave. Now, let's look at this. Let's look at this. I believe an encounter with Jesus always has the power to bring healing. Always. When love is present, and we talked about that last week, God is love. When love is present, healing is present. And now, it may not always look miraculous, but it will always make a difference because love does make a difference in your life. I am who I am today because of the spiritual encounters and moments that I've had with Jesus. Those moments have brought healing into my life, and I believe that it can do the same for you because God is no respecter of persons. And it's my prayer that we would see people healed from a broken heart. We would see people healed in their body. We would see people healed in their finances, spiritually, mentally, physically. I mean, that we are a church that believes that God wants to heal us. And then we're going to look at Scripture and we're going to see that that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. That we are a church of people who are living loved, living healed, and living free. Because here's the thing. Is for all of us, there are going to be good days and there are going to be bad days. But in every day, you want to know that when you're at your best or you're at your worst, God is for you. God is for you and that he loves you. That doesn't mean that he's always, come on, I love my kids, but sometimes I'm not, I'm not pleased with my kids. You know, if I say, hey, let's take out the trash and we happen to miss the trash guy, come on, so it gets real. <laughs> with a family of six, it gets real. We don't take out that trash. We're piling up. You know what I'm saying? And then I have to put it all in the neighborhood. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Kidding, kidding, kidding. Uh, but the, the truth is, uh, God loves us, and, and, and his love is healing, and that's my assignment today. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. I want to look at this real quick. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. It says, He himself bore our sins in his body on a tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, 
You have been, what does it say? Healed. Healed. Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 24, it says this. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then he came... Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. As we look in this, Mark, is a, Mark chapter 5 is a huge verse. And let's do a little bit of investigation on this verse. Now, I'll just to let you know that Jesus had just come from healing a demon-possessed man. Why is this important for us to talk about? Knowing this is important because, I don't know if you remember the story, but there was this man who lived among the tombs and... The Bible says that no one could tame him. No one, they tried to incarcerate him. They tried to tie him up. They tried to do all types of restraining, rehabilitation. They tried to do all types of teaching, training. Come on, seven steps to not live in the tombs. Three steps to not cut yourself with a rock. This man, they tried everything. And the Bible says that nothing could help him. And Jesus comes up on the shore and immediately the man who could not be tamed, who could not be trained, who could not be taught, was now falling at the feet of Jesus in his right mind. Come on. And the town could not believe what happened. The town could not believe that someone like that Someone with the issues, with the depth, with the voices, with the craziness of this man could sit and have a conversation in his right mind. And here is the crazy thing about it is the leaders of the city were so taken back by what happened, they asked Jesus to leave. Here's my thought. The reason that we need to know this as we're talking about healing is because there will be moments in our life when we will feel like someone in our family, someone, one of our friends, a a boss, an employee, an employer, a child is beyond help. And Jesus says no one's beyond help. No one is beyond help. Nobody, when when society says it can't be changed, God says, watch me. When society says, we've done all we can do, a moment with Jesus changes everything. And I'm here to tell you, I believe that addictions can be broken. I believe past can be broken. I believe that God can heal. And here's the thing. We, because of the church, and, and, be, and, and, and I love the church. Obviously, I, we, I felt like God called me to start one. And so, hi, you're here. Uh, <laughs> but I do feel like sometimes we throw the baby out with the bathwater, okay? Because there are these... 
real issues to reconcile. You know, if God's going to heal, then why doesn't he heal everybody all the time, every time, all the time, every moment? And, and we've got some people who've been praying and believing God for their healing, but it hasn't happened yet. So maybe God doesn't heal because it's not his will to heal. And so what we do is, is, is we make it very, very complicated when God only asks us to believe. He asked us to stay in faith, and he asked us to believe. And I am telling you that there are some things that I am praying for that I have been praying for since I was seven years old. Seven years old. I remember seven years old, my parents had been fighting, my mom and dad coming, and they say, Stevie, we're getting a divorce, and we move, and, and because of spending and all this, we move into low-income housing, and now I've been on a road of trying to discover masculinity without having a father. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so every night I would pray, God, do a miracle, heal them, bring them back together, do all of these things. And you know what? My dad got remarried. My mom didn't. And so but I was God, and I remember there being moments within this struggle of prayer, God's not listening to me. God doesn't hear me. Maybe it's all a bunch of... But, but, but see, here's the thing. I believe if you don't ever get there, then you've never really been authentic with the Lord. Because the truth of the matter is God can take your, 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 your moments of frustration. Yes, he's holy. And yes, we want to reverence him. And yes, all of that. But I am telling you that there are real and raw moments. And if you've never had a real and raw moment with God, then I would venture to say you've never really felt his arms around you either. Because only when we're broken are we consoled. Only when there is brokenness. Does God come in and, and, and wrap and pick? And so we live a lot of our Christian faith cognitively understanding love, but never feeling it. And so am I giving because it's the law or am I giving because of love? Am I serving because it's what good Christian people do, or am I serving because he served me? Am I, am I, does that make sense? You understand? And so if you don't get the component of love, then you can be works-based in everything that you do. Now, let's talk a little bit about this, because this scenario is different. Let's look at Jairus. He was a ruler of a synagogue. Now, now that was a very esteemed position. That, that was a big deal. In fact, if you look at Luke chapter 13, verse 14, this is a run-in that Jesus had with another synagogue ruler. It says this, 14, but the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And said to the people, there are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, but not the Sabbath. In other words, you can come Sunday through Friday, but on Saturday, we ain't healing nobody up in this place. 
Why was this important? You understand, Jesus was not random. It was not random. I remember being corrected a lot when I was younger because I would have random conversations. You ever know young people, you begin to have a conversation, and you're everybody's talking about X, Y, X, Y, and this person's talking about like P. And you're like, you're not in our conversation. That is not Jesus. Jesus didn't wake up and go, let's make Mark chapter 5. And I'm just going to heal random people. But, but I think that it was strategic. You understand what I'm saying? Is that Jesus wanted us to know there is no other name higher than him. There is no other brokenness that he can't heal. And here's the thing. Is while he was excited about the system and the synagogue and the place of worship, If we try to think that only God can move during certain days of the week, we deny the power the rest of the time. I can't wait for the day that we have a life group every single day. I can't wait for the day that that we we have our own facility, own place. Because here's the deal. I don't know why we just do Sunday sermons on on, on Sunday. Well, we just do a service every day. Some people get saved. They leave. They travel on the weekend. They can't come to church. I'm just saying the reality is the church should be open for business. It's jacked up. When Starbucks is serving more people than the church, I'm just saying, I'm just, no, I'm not even going there. So y'all don't rile me up because I could, I could get there. You know, listen, listen, the ruler of the synagogue came and, and what happened? It wasn't like a private note where he sent one of his delegates, hey, tell Jesus, give him one of these. It wasn't that. It was this man of notoriety who handled the scheduling of worship for the synagogue. He was the business, he was the building administrator. He was the one to take care of the building and his place was of high esteem and he leaves the synagogue to fall at Jesus' feet and say, you're the only one that can help me. You don't think that was political? You don't think that had a, would have pushbacks? You don't think that that was, I mean, let's just be honest. That was a major statement in that day. Yet here's the thing. Well, you might say, well, of course, Pastor. Well, I mean, the only reason he went to the synagogue is because his daughter was dying. He wouldn't even have gone if she wasn't sick. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with a church being here and being open for the one day that the person decides I have no other answer and I'm going to the house or I'm going to the life group. I'm going to church. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. Listen, let's decide today to be people. When, when others are faced with their last option, we're okay with being there. With your marriage, finances, parenting, addictions, brokenness, God wants to heal your life. God wants to heal your life. And there are four transformational thoughts about about the healing love of God. 
four transformational thoughts that I want to give you about the healing love of God. The first is this. You've got to know that God wants to heal. That's, that's the very beginning. Well, does he, does he not? What's his, what's his will? What's, his, what's he want to do? Okay, okay, let, let's, let's work something through something. God is not going to save you from every character building issue. So you just need to know that. Okay? David had to fight the giant and use God to navigate the rock. David did not start prayer and fasting and the giant evaporate. So you're not hearing me say that God will remove adversity from your life so that you can live in utopia. We get that. That's heaven. We're gone. Okay? Right now, there are some real adversities, issues, things that we have to deal with, and they build our character. They build who we are. But in building who we are, God has lanes, and God has things that he wants to do in healing you, and you've got to know that God wants to heal you. It is his nature. By his nature, God is a redeemer. By his nature. Just think about this. Adam and Eve fell. First family created, Adam and Eve, man and woman, God created them, dust, boom. Okay, God creates them, they come together, Adam's really, really excited because the only thing that's been there is him and animals, and then finally Eve comes and he's like, hey girl, what's up, how you doing? And so it's kind of a neat deal, and they, God says, do not eat of this tree, they do. God comes in the garden and says, dead gummit, y'all get what you deserve. That's not what happened. Some of you are like. <laughs> That's not what happened. God did not say, well, you get every lump of the bat that hit. I mean, I, you know, we, we have these weird sayings. And, 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 but the reality is God restored man. God covered them, and God brought them back into relationship, and he healed their relationship. Countless times, Israel rebelled. God healed their relationship. God sent judges and prophets to help Israel heal their relationship. Here's the deal. Why do we think that healing the physical body has gone away with but we're still praying for people to overcome rebellion and be healed. It doesn't make healing is healing. If it's an issue, if it's an addiction, if it's a body, if it's a whatever, God wants to heal because God is that not anyone would be in bondage and suffer. I just, I just don't know if God wants to heal. I just don't know. Okay, look at, look at your own body. You have white blood cells that when an infection comes into your body, it fights off infection so you can say it. I just, don't, I just don't believe it. Okay, so you believe that evolution and this thing, big bang thing happened and it formed some nucleus and the nucleus formed like a, a, a monkey and the monkey formed you and your body just naturally heals itself. Or it was in God's nature because he loves you 
and he knew one of my people are going to run in a field and be cut by barbed wire. We got to know. We got we to be able to fix that. One of my people are going to get hit by an accident, get hit by a car, and we're going to have to put them back together. One of my people. Come on. Does it make sense? God did that. I remember many times our kids would be sick, and uh, there were even times when they were sick that Katie would leave my room and go stay with them. Well, I learned real quick, be sick. <laughs> Listen. Here's the thing. Why a good parent wants to help their child get back to health. What, what, what parent, when the kid's running 103 temperature, don't really feel good. Yeah, I gotta figure that out. Where's your mask? <laughs> I feel like you're, if you hug me, I'll get that. There is an innate nature in all of us to lean in in love and want to help. Where did we get that? We got it from God because that's God's nature. And here's the deal. I, don't, I can't reconcile why this happened and why this didn't happen. I can't reconcile all that. But I, I got to tell you this, that it is God's nature to heal relationships. It's God's nature to heal people. It's our job to believe. To believe that it can. To pray for the sick. To pray for the broken. To pray for the hurting. To believe that when you come here and the love that you get and the word that you get and the worship and the experience. I love it when I see our church raising their hands. I love it when there's this emotional component where it's not just all cognitive. I love that we're having an experience with the Lord. Because here's the deal. As we break like this synagogue ruler broke, you just experience something different. The second thing is this. The second thing is this. And let me just go back real quick and say this. It is God's plan for his kingdom to come. Not for you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. It is God's plan for his kingdom. That is God's plan. God's plan is that the kingdom of God would happen here on earth. That's it. And so your body heals. I believe that God heals. I believe that one day there will be a trumpet and we will heal. I believe, I believe there's a lot of ways that God does all this. Does that make sense? The second thing is this. Don't ask why, ask what. Way too many people are asking why. Why did this happen? Why did this hurt? Why did this rejection? Why, am I, why was I born with this? Why do I have to deal with this? Why, do I, why does my mom, why does my dad? And way too many people are asking why instead of asking what. Can I tell you that why keeps you focused in bondage about the past? 
There's nothing you can do with that. I don't know why they had the affair. I don't know why marriage ended divorce. I don't know why. Oh, I don't know why. But I can tell you, you can look back for answers or you can look forward for answers. And you can, invo- you can invite the Holy Spirit into your life to help you with the what. God, what do I do with this now? What do I do with where I'm at? What do I do? What do I do? Not why did they do it. I'm going to tell you why they did it. Because we're broken people with a broken past and all of us have imperfection. No. All of us. As great of a parent as you are, you're not perfect. As great, you may think that you are God's gift to your family. Teenager, you may feel like, dear God, I am the favorite. <laughs> we don't really talk about it because everybody knows. I'm the favorite. With your favorite self, you are flawed. You are flawed. And I'm not saying that you intentionally mean to hurt people, but the truth of the matter is we say things, we act in ways, we do things that hurt people. And, and why the why will hold you up way too long. It's the what. And here's the thing. For me, my story adopted from a foster home, parents got divorced, all of that. I cannot tell you how many times there was a time and a season in my life from about 13 to 15 that I was in that why phase. Why did this happen? I was praying. I was doing all the things they were telling me to do, and I wasn't seeing really much result. And I had a pastor come to me and say, you know what, you're mad. And I was like, <laughs> you think? And he, was like, and he was like, but no, 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 but you're... You, You're trying to connect with God, but you're mad at God. You need to get it all out. And I walked outside, and I told God things that I probably should not say here. And it was just this moment of me falling to my knees. And I remember that starting the process of healing in my life where everything began to change, but it did not change overnight. It was a transformational process that has led me to here. Because why? Because we're all looking for the lotto God moment. Come on, 7-Eleven, backdoor little Joe. Come on, babe. Woo! And we're all looking for that moment in life. But the Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. And God did not give Israel all of it initially, even though he promised them all of it and said it would be yours eventually. See, we want it now. Y'all remember the Willy Wonka? 70 version? I want the world. I want the whole world. <laughs> you know, like she wanted it right, like right now. I want it all now. Come on. And so some of us are frustrated with God because we're not healed yet. We don't have our house yet. We don't have our business. Our kids haven't left yet. You know, like, like we have all of these like yets. <laughs> But here's the thing, your happiness cannot be contingent on the yet. You've got to serve him in the process because the reality is he's grooming you. He's getting you. He's multiplying you. He's developing you little by little. Ask the what, what God, what What now after my divorce? What now after the loss of a loved one? What now after a car wreck? What now after what, what, what? What do you want to do with this? And I can't tell you how many young people 
have been sitting opposite me at a table, a coffee shop, or whatever? How many parents have been sitting opposite me as they talk about their, 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 their older children that are married going through stuff? And they begin to cry. And here's the deal. I cry with them. Because I know it's hard. It's tough. It's a process to heal. It's a process to heal. But you need to ask, God, what do you want to do with this? Because my story is why we started this house. And your story could be the next major key to someone else's start. The third thing is this. We're talking about four transformational thoughts about the healing love of God. The third thing is this. Apply his word regardless of how you feel. Come on, a lot of times we, it, feelings are more God than God. Our feelings, how we feel, how emotionally. And so we either disconnect emotionally or we flare up and say everything. Somebody needs to learn the gift of silence. Come on, somebody. I mean, the, the, the truth of the matter is, there is a, a, saying it is great, but sometimes not saying it is equally as great. Uh, <laughs> Tiffany. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but the truth of the matter is, as we move through transformation and we're experiencing love that heals we've got to apply the word here's Jarius and and we didn't have time to go back but but if you'll continue reading the chapter 5 while Jesus is on the way to the synagogue a woman with an issue of blood touches the hem of his garment and he becomes she becomes healed and then they move into the synagogue and as soon as they get in all of the leaders Come to him and begin to wail and cry and say she's dead. Can you imagine the motion of a father trying to save his daughter, coming in and saying and hearing she's dead? Here's my thought. Sometimes your emotions are founded, practical, necessary, expected. They're just not what Jesus would do in that moment. Jesus walks through and here's what he says. She's not dead. I mean, she's clearly dead and we're mourning and how dare you taint this mourning by false hope and expectation. Who do you think you are? She's not dead. Don't be mourning when God wants to speak life into something. You stay in life. You stay in life. My, 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 my young person, my student, my, my, my kid, my parents, my what? there are things that I'm believing God for that here's the deal. When I told you I started seeing, praying at seven, I am just now seeing things come into fruition. And my dad's in his 70s. But here's the deal. He had to see some fruit in my life. My dad. We're just talking. You know, before I was just a crazy church person that, you know, you freak. <laughs> you weirdo. Yeah, you're just going to pray and <laughs> things are going to happen. Okay. 
But guess what? After 25 years, and now he sees our marriage and our kids. We went to Texas, not just this last week, crying. Stephen, I, I'm, I don't know what to say about you and your family. I just, I'm, I'm so proud of you. Okay, but I'm an eight-year-old boy here praying. God, do something. You're not doing anything. You're not doing one thing. You don't even care about me. You don't love me. In the last two years, we've seen cousins who ridiculed us on Facebook for our faith. Now, they can't wait to be around us. And we love them. We absolutely love them. And here's the deal. I can't wait to just, I mean, there's going to be a moment, but I don't go in there. Now, Jesus, you know Jesus. He's... Because I'm righteousness of God. I just love them. And here's what I didn't know back when I was 20 is I was becoming a Pharisee. I was becoming a Pharisee. And because I desired holiness in my life, I didn't know that my pursuit for holiness would make everyone else mandate. Does this make sense? I want to be who God wants me to be, but here's what I was doing. I was making everybody else be that too. Oh, oh, you do that? <laughs> oh, what? You have, you have a tattoo? <laughs> you have an earring in your ear? <laughs> oh, you color your hair? <laughs> the reality is, I was learning that I was wanting everyone else to be what I wasn't so I was safer around them instead of me just becoming who God called me to be and me loving everybody else where they're at. You hear what I'm saying? Does this make sense? That's how the church will grow. You've got to apply his word. What did Jesus say? I know you feel. I know how you feel. I know you feel terrible at this moment. I know you want to go get some mint chocolate chip, girl. I know you want to go get some cookies. I know you want to sit and binge flip Netflix. I know, sir. I know you want to just go and zone out and not think emotionally about anything. But that's how you feel. But what did he say? I know you may be in a situation where my marriage needs to be healed. I, I love her and I love him, but I, we can't stand each other. I'm going to take through. Stephen, we're in a position where it's better for us not to talk to each other. Come on, you speak life into that. You speak life. It doesn't matter how you feel. You speak life over that. God's going to do something. God's going to, God, I trust you. I trust you. Because the truth of the matter is, come on, you all know in all of our relationships, we cannot change anybody but our. I'm, I'm preaching better than y'all talking. You got to memorize the Bible. You got to get into it. You, you got to get. It's not. It's not just. I, I read a verse, one line. I got. I'm going to be attacked, and when I am, I'm squeezed. What's coming out of me? 
Is it my feelings or is it the word? The fourth thing is this. Give freely everything that you've received. Everything that you've received. All, God will never do something in you just for you. It's always for somebody else. It's always for somebody else. The revelation, the knowledge, the experience, the healing, all of that is for someone else in your life. And here's what I'm most excited about, about our church. It's not that we have perfect people, although we have some really great people. But over the last year, I feel like we've stepped it up with our outreaches. And I just put a few pictures together. And there, I mean, this is nothing compared to what we've been doing. I mean, I could picture for like a whole hour. But when you look at these pictures, you're not seeing perfect people that don't mess up or fall short or have to repent but you see healed people that are saying God's doing something in my life and I'm obligated to give it to somebody else because here's what you know listen the Bible says as you give you will what so here's the deal I'm going to tell you this if you're not growing you're not sowing If there's no growth happening and you feel a little dead spiritually, it's because there is some sowing that's not happening because God will give in measure, he'll give back because he'll always want to fill up a vessel that's going to be used. Always. I need you healed. God needs you healed. This church needs you healed. Our kids need you healed. Not because they see perfection, but they see men and women who are business owners and financers and teachers and lawyers and and housewives and homemakers and moms. I've had my moment where I fell at Jesus' feet. I surrendered all my pride so that he could make live what was dead in me. That is my hope for this church as we move forward. You guys stand up with me. Come on, sing that, Steve. (laughs) Come on, what area have you given up on? Family, ministry, marriage intimacy degree relationship with your dad relationship with your mom come on church. See, the one reason that we're not going to be a church that judges other people is because we all got to come to the same place. I'm not the healer. The worship team, they're good, but they're not the healer. Your life group leader is not the healer. It's a conduit. 
of what the Holy Spirit wants to use, but make no mistake about it, God is the healer. And so if you're here today, spiritually, mentally, physically, relationally, Stephen, Pastor, I, I need some healing to happen in my life because things different in my family. Does that make sense? There were things that I had to break off of our family because of what that was. I don't forget. I just, it caused me to make a change. If you're here today and you're like, you know what? I can see in my own heart. I need some healing. I need some healing. I have not, I've lived with my anger, depression, hurt. I've lived with it. My addiction, I've lived with it. And I've lost the faith. And today I want you to know that God can heal your life. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.